You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. Today, my featured guest is Wiley McGraw, and you can find him at WileyMcGraw.com. Wiley is a former star athlete, competitive bull rider, and three-tour combat veteran. Now, we're bringing him on the show here because I bring the best to you, Startup Nation, okay? And this, this guy, he's the founder of Radical Performance Acceleration and the creator of High Performance Meditation for well over a decade now. Uh, he's been behind the scenes doing life-altering work with powerful CEOs, entrepreneurs, leaders, and public figures, accelerating their performance both personally and professionally. And as he says, he's coming out of the shadows right now because the world is burning to hell and he needs to speak. He needs to get out there. He needs to help more people because I think he's on the same page as me. Everyone is suffering right now. Everyone is struggling with something, whether they're admitting it or not. That goes for you, Startup Nation. So Wiley McGraw, welcome to your first 100K Top 50 Podcast in Entrepreneurship. Go ahead, take a minute or so, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, of course, brother. Thank you, first of all, for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to diving in here with you and your audience. But uh, I'll do, do my best to fill in some gaps. Uh, essentially, I grew up in an athletic household. I have uh, Baseball was the primary focus, but I played football, soccer, started playing golf in high school. So sports were like a pseudo-religion for us outside of the, the Catholic faith that we grew up in. But uh, you know that was is where I really learned teamwork. I learned leadership at a young age, uh, being a starting pitcher, uh, being chosen by every team that I tried out for every year. Uh, of course, my dad's connections, being a semi-pro ball player, I got uh, fortunate enough to be able to be trained by the California Angels pitching staff because I'm from Southern California. So I learned really well at a young age uh, the structures of that kind of discipline, focus, and commitment to, to hard work, training, uh, and leadership. And I took that into high school. And in high school, I kind of started to figure out more about myself, where I really wanted to go in life. I, I discovered that I necess wasn't necessarily playing baseball for strictly the love of the game. It was more for the appeasement of my dad's expectations, the pros that coached and trained me. Uh, and I decided to seek out something a little bit more challenging for me personally, something I got to choose. You know, when you're born into a home where that's all it is, you're not necessarily born into a world where you get to choose and pick where you go. So bull riding just kind of fell into my lap. It was a, a rodeo cowboy I knew in high school and uh, started having conversations with him 
I fell in love with it. I uh, went out and got in the back of my first bull at 16 years old. And uh, it was like that when I hit the ground and the bull slipped and fell on me, we kind of locked eyes for a minute and started crawling away like a crazy person. Uh, I, I felt this fire inside me ignite. And I realized that these types of more challenging environments were stimulating for me as a man. And it helped me start to learn a bit more about uh, who I was and what I was capable of. So I uh, pursued it. I started riding every weekend and I fell in love with the challenge of being present, uh, focusing on the unknowns and tr trusting that regardless of what happens, as long as you're focused, present, and you're able to connect yourself intuitively, uh, your breath, your mindset, all of that, you actually can have a very successful experience riding bulls. But when I noticed that I wasn't focused and I wasn't paying attention, I got sometimes slammed on the ground, I got kicked, I got thrown all over the place. So I started to compare those two in that competitive bull riding world, the contrast of what happens when I am not dealing with things that might be going on at home, things that might be going on within me, the stresses that I'm carrying around inside, how does that affect my performance as a bull rider? And what can I do to start to change that drastically so that I can experience more consistency in the competitive world that I was riding in? So um, I started to just pay attention to that. I started self-discovery kind of a thing, if you will, use that cliche term. Mm -hmm. But then it got to the point where, you know, the confrontation I had to have with my father about bull riding rather than playing baseball, it became very strenuous. Uh, I did it anyway, despite the discomfort that I felt with him. So I was able to engage uh, and embrace the discomfort of knowing that I was making him upset about I, was, I wasn't going down the path he wanted. So I did it anyway. And then I got to the point where we both just agreed that I need something more for myself. And uh, we called an army recruiter and I started to explore the military side of things. Uh, I yeah. did a junior Marine Corps program, fell in love with the structure of the military, the challenges of the, the DIs that were kicking my butt at 14 years old and 15 years old at the time. And uh, when I got old enough, I, I signed up for the Army Reserves, Active Army Reserves, um, went to boot camp between my junior and senior year. Uh, I found this whole new world of more challenge, more excitement, uh, more team, more focus, more mission-oriented people that were like me. And um, that's where I really wanted to be. So when I graduated high school, I went active duty in the infantry with the 101st Airborne Division uh, and spent five years, did three tours overseas, really discovered more about myself in uh, combat knowing what leadership really meant in the most mm. stressful situations, how to, how to remain calm in chaos um, and discovering this untapped potential that I had been uh, wondering about uh, my entire life. So the military really birthed me into a whole new place of understanding performance, human beings, how they interact with, with war okay. stress. And then I got out and I started to pursue more of that, again, more of that self-study, uh, reading, reading materials going to psychologists, studying different experts, understanding more about Again, the unseen world that is affecting us rather than just the seen world, knowing that mm -hmm. again, as a man of faith growing up in that household, knowing that there was more to it than just surface level, you know, tactics for bettering our lives, knowing that stresses that we carry with us will impact our performance. And I realized that I'd been bestowed an interesting gift from God to be able to see the demonic aspects of people's lives and how they were really affecting their ability to succeed and excel or get past certain thresholds. And naturally that gift just started to expose uh, the people that I was around in the, I would say the, as we call it, the eruption of their demons. Um, and for me, we just built a business around that. We built a business That's around awesome, that dude. superpower, if you will. All right, and let me just, jump in here. Let me jump in yeah, here. Please, right. please Cause, do it. Cause I could tell you're a speaker, dude. Like you can just run, man, for two hours. <laughs> well, you you wanted me to fill the gaps in. So oh yeah, dude. Right, right. So like you can lead a room. I get it. You're a powerful, 
presence, okay? And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it, which is awesome. So I want to jump into like the bull riding experience because yeah. the way you describe that environment and what was going on in you is very much a good, accurate description of entrepreneurship of the business world, right? Where it if is. you're really present and tapped in and aware of what's happening and the resistance and the testing and you can learn from it and what's the lesson and you're constantly moving forward, you can win in business and be very effective. However, if you're out of alignment, incongruent with right that external world because you're not dealing with some stuff on the internal world right inside of you, like you could get the crap kicked out of you, right? Just like a bull, right? Just beat yep. down, falling, and you're like, what am I doing wrong? I'm doing everything wrong. And that's how some of my listeners feel right now in their businesses. Why yep. is that? Why is that? And I want you to just lean in to some of them right now, that person. Remember that person you once were, right? When you were mm. fighting with that bull and you're competitive because this is like, this is an entrepreneur starting out fighting with the business world is that big bull and, and getting, he's getting kicked around. She's getting kicked around. They're getting beat up. They're getting tossed to the ground and they don't know what they're doing right. They don't know what they're doing wrong. They just feel chaos, but mm -hmm. they keep getting back up, keep trying to get on the ball. Speak to that, if you will, just using that playful metaphor that I created yeah. there. Yeah, I have a, a bunch of things popping up for me. First thing, uh, I, I love the this quote that I kind of I read about it, but I, I added to it is the winner. A winner is just a loser who never stopped working the problem. So that's why I love that your entrepreneurs are never the never quit attitude in business is great. The problem that I've discovered again throughout my life experiences and working with people is that we are this. It's the secular world of surface level performance where people have been compartmentalized into believing that their personal performance has no impact on their professional performance. So we, and as human beings, we are inherently programmed to avoid things that scare us, that, that make us highly uncomfortable. I know it's cliche to say, because we have all these influencers and public figures that talk about it. You got to step outside your comfort zone. You got to embrace the fear. But the truth is until you really know what that actually looks and feels like, you're only going to you're only going to intellectualize it. You're never going to really experience the the rattling within you as a person to understand what is it that's specifically impacting my ability to manage and handle the chaos that I'm experiencing right now. Am I putting myself in positions that are outside of my control that really challenge me and allow me to expand my capacity to handle more when I want to achieve my next level? And I, I would say that it's even in bull riding, um, it really forced me to, to learn how to yield to the fear of the unknown. I think people in business are afraid of the unknown. So they want to control their resources they hire. They want to control how their business operates. They want to control the types of experiences that they have in business. And what they end up doing is they end up leaving so many different gaps in the, the process. And they feel that as long as they have some semblance of understanding of what's going on, they'll eventually get there. And then they years later go by and they're still struggling. But the, the biggest thing is our personal life does impact our professional life. You can't walk through the door of your, your company and expect the fights you just got in with your partner or the chaos you've never really healed or resolved with your family dynamics to not impact your decision making, your focus, your clarity and your ability to manage and handle 
your company as it starts to really gain traction and grow. And that's the biggest piece is really looking at ourselves. And I think people are afraid of that, but they don't yeah. have others that are willing to get into the trenches with them and to showcase them the real dynamics that are actually afflicting them. Yeah, That's I agree completely on that, right? So like many of us in the business world, we're showing up bipolar, right? When it comes to our personal life and our professional life, just like you're saying. And we're saying, right. hey, I don't have time to deal with my marriage right now. I have, I don't have time to, to deal with my disconnected kids right now. Like I gotta yep. provide, I gotta crush it. So we right. tap out, especially us men, right? What do we do? We retreat from dealing with emotions, especially at home, because we feel out of control, right? I don't know how to control the variables of the emotions going on in my wife or my kids, right? But I can control my P&L, right? I can control my business model. I can control my marketing. Like these are tangible versus these intangibles. So facing the unknown makes, like we are scared of it, it makes sense because it's like we're dealing with invisible enemies but at work, they're visible, right? We can we can kind of like push them, maneuver them, track them, measure them, right? See our yeah. performance. We could see we're winning. How do we know yeah. we're winning at home? Like, what are some of the metrics that with some of the clients, <laughs> right? Yeah. That you use yeah. for them to know they're making progress once they go and face their personal life and they understand, oh, I got to get my personal life right. Otherwise, I could go as far as I think I can yeah. go professionally, but yeah. I'm not going to be truly fulfilled. Yep, yeah, it's it's a perfect example of many of the clients that I work with who have built these empires of monetary success and notoriety and popularity. They are, for lack of a better term, they're the success that we see on the news, the TV shows, are the ones that, that we see that are out there on Twitter and all those different social media platforms, millions of followers. But the truth is when you pull the curtain back, their life is in shambles. Now, the ability to compartmentalize is a powerful tool that we have as human beings. Is our, that's, it's, we're able to do that for a reason. However, that doesn't mean, it's kind of like swallowing a little bit of poison every day, hoping that it won't kill you. And eventually that poison builds up and you, you, you get sick and start wondering, why am I dying right now? Why do I have everything that I thought I was supposed to achieve in my life, but I don't have internal peace with my successes. And I, the first metric is being able to objectively look at your life at home personally and go, do I have, and can I maintain peace even when I'm suffering? Can I maintain peace even when I'm not suffering? Can I maintain peace in the dynamics that I have at home? And the problem is dynamics are the biggest affliction for people. They don't understand because they have, they're involved in it. They're in the mix of maybe a dysfunctional a relationship with someone or a parent or other family members or business partners. They don't see the dynamic as it is. They just are in it and engage with it. So they don't have something outside of them that can showcase to them the truth of like, here's what's really going on with you. Here's what we have to do to confront it head on. I would say if you're not willing to confront the hard truths about your relationship, the pain you might be experiencing, and you are not experiencing peace on a daily basis internally, no matter if you're suffering or not, that to me is the biggest metric that showcases there's something off and you need a radical intervention that could completely overhaul you or you're going to continue going down that path where you just become an achiever and your high performance nature suffers a dysfunctional achiever right that's the goal yes. right that's but that's where <laughs> many of us get to right i've been there by yeah. the way been there had the money the sure. seven figure business right and then burnt my life to the ground my personal life wasn't working right so right. is metric is the main metric peace 
like score yourself on a scale of one to ten, your be. your personal life. What do you score in peace right now? Like, what do you My score personal? in peace in your? In, no, no, not you personally, but oh, sorry, sorry. I'm like, should that it's be the right. metric that we should all yeah. be asking ourselves? And, and you know, it, my the homepage video on my website, uh, I speak to that specifically. Is the only goal in, in life and in business should be able to attain like that sense of freedom personally. It doesn't mean you're going to be free to just you're going to have the the luxury of a life twenty four seven. We're just not designed to sustain happiness twenty four seven. We're we're not that we're not built that way. However, your ability to find I would say that set point of peace. Okay. Even when you are suffering through business changes and growth, even when you are experiencing the rigors of financial or business combat, if you will, mm -hmm. can you maintain a new set point of operating from a place of peace? Can you find joy in that? Mm. Are you in a place where being blessed doesn't mean you're only blessed when you have the money and the success, but you're blessed when you don't have anything? Can so you to find clarify, that set point? To yeah. clarify, like we're measuring peace, but we're talking about not peace per se in our situations, right? But peace, internal peace, right? right. Regardless of right. our situation. So regardless right. of the external storm that we're going through or the external calm that we're going through, True. we still maintain like this middle ground of peace. We're it's steady. Point. Is that what point. we're talking about? Right. We are. And now, yeah. how do you do that? How do you You've do that? You got to resolve deep-seated chronic stress that you have stuffed down your entire life. Yeah, but it's stuffed down for a reason. Wiley, yeah, we don't I mean, want to deal yeah. with it because we think we're too old to deal with it. We don't have the yep. time to deal with it. We're too busy, right? We don't want to go look in the darkness. That yep. scares and that's us. Why, and that's why you might be hitting six figures and not making it past. That's why you might not be experiencing the growth you really want in your relationships and in your business because they all equate to each other they all are part of a holistic experience of life so yeah of course do you not want to it's hard because i had someone outside of me when i got out of the military put my nose in my own proverbial poo and make me look at it and i as much as my human instinct was to resist and fight because i'm a fighter i understood why that person was in my life and the reason why i was being shown this and i faced and confronted it battled it head on and when you do that you can eradicate that un unseen dysfunction that is plaguing you and you'll experience again that peace start to become a normal set point for you you're like mm -hmm. you know what no matter what chaos i'm in right now i can sh i can bring myself to a place of calm in this moment i may not like what's going on i may feel like at this point i don't know what to do next however if i can center myself and find that set point because i've confronted and battled through the demons that plague me then you'll ex be able to notice what actions need to be taken what decisions should or should be made in that moment. And that is when you start to accelerate and move past those limitations or those thresholds you might be stuck at. And I had to go through it myself. That's why I went from starting out after the military uh, going, okay, well, what am I, what am I supposed to do with what I know now? I, I know this, these gifts, I see people's truth. I can't help it. It just happens. I erupt people's demons everywhere I go, but I don't know what to do with that. It took someone coming into my life outside of me, thank God, to showcase this to me and build something around that. And then as I elevated my business for the first couple of years, I realized it's a self-worth, it's a, a space of understanding what am I creating out in the world because of who I am rather than what I do. 
Yes. And that is the transformation I was experiencing with the veterans I was working with in the beginning. And it got to a point where people were going, hey, I want to work with you too. I'm a professional. Here's what I do. And I saw the life transformation happening. And I realized, you know what? The investment these people need to make has to match the, the type of results that I'm providing to them, not because of what I'm doing, but because of who I am and how I'm showing up for them. And when I just said, hey, I need you to pay this amount of money, they said yes. There was no, and I thought, why did they just say yes? It's because I've worked through all those demons that I've had to battle when I got out of the military. I didn't stuff it down and say, no, I'm gonna avoid it. Because I watched my dad do that, I watched other men in my life do that, and I watched the cancers and the pain and the disease they suffer with. Despite the money they have, they're miserable yeah. people. I don't want that for myself. Amen to And that. I'm willing to embrace the suck to let's, do that. Let's talk about marketing, right? Because sure. this is one of the biggest areas that entrepreneurs are terrible at is marketing their service, right? Once they know they have that value, they've done their own inner work, especially for coaches out there, and I have a lot that listen to the show, the reason why you feel the need to be a coach and to impact people's lives is because you went into your own inner darkness, you, you fought the battles, you won, you came out the other side successfully, and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a gift to give other people, because I see everyone suffering, I need to go do this. And then when we finally make that decision to do it, because we see our own self-worth, right, Wiley? Then we start to put ourselves out there, but we're terrible at it. Like, we don't know how to sure. market ourselves effectively right. and then get people to say, hey, I want you because I actually know about you. I've heard about you. So what did you do right when it came to marketing and what did you do wrong? Like, like lean I, right yeah, into this because most yeah, people can't get leads. How did you get I leads? I didn't. You know what's great is I am such an um, again. I'm so such a, an antithesis to my. I hate marketing myself. I'm not a marketer. I never was. I didn't even study this stuff. Now I may have read some some material on it, whatever. But when I got out of the military and I started to pursue that sense of self mastery to really understand myself in my environment to know, okay, how do I manage and eradicate stresses how do i optimize what it is i can see and do it's almost like i was getting ready to be a firefighter i was finishing up getting ready to go to the academy that was like a point in my life where I was like, ah, i'm gonna still go be a firefighter i was in the military i'm gonna go do what i kind of know and then it suddenly i met you know my now business partner who she, it's like she goes though look you're supposed to fight fire this way by healing men you're supposed to go this way and help help these guys like, oh okay it kind of clicked Something's showing up for me in this moment, but I was open to it. I just allowed myself to surrender to the idea that if I just let go and trust, I'm gonna go down a path, I'm gonna knock on doors, firefighting, and I'm just gonna let it open up. Things could, could change for me and I'm okay with that. That's what happened. So now going to the marketing point, I had no idea what I was gonna do when we started the business. It was built around me and in in kind of just the way I interact with men, how I talk and, 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 and treat them, how I showcase to them what's really going on with them. Men started coming to me. Hey, I want to. I want to be confident. I want to know what it means to tr change my life, to face my demons. To well, let's back up. Like let's you. back up because you just jumped a big step right there, right? Sure. Like it's <laughs> it takes some effort and it takes sure. some leg work before people will hear about you and start coming to you, right? Like you're this sure. prophet that they heard about and they're showing up. Like, oh, I heard about Jesus. He's healing people. I'm gonna go to this town and make this long journey. So, like. What were you specifically doing? Were you offering your services for free? Were you going out to uh, these veteran you know, places and, and just like doing pro bono work and then it started to catch on? Like walk us through so, that, don't skip that. I love that. I, yeah, I'm not gonna skip that. And I'm glad you said that, but I was gonna get to that. Here's the thing. 
It was literally the work I did on myself, how I carried myself, who I was, that attracted people. That's what happened. I didn't have to go, hey, do you want to do some work together? Hey, here's what I'm coaching. Here's what I'm doing. It was legitimately a space where I was executing on what I thought I needed to do in life. And these veterans started to show me, well, hey, Wiley, I want to talk to you about X. Okay, great. Let's talk. I just feel different when I'm around you. I want to know how are you, how are you living your life that confident? You, I watch how you carry yourself. That's the truth of it all. How long did is, that take before you, after you started the business, you, you embraced it? Hey, I'm going to lean in and do this. This is what I'm gifted at. How long after, weeks. before so, a few weeks, people just started coming to you saying, hey, I want to work with you. How much? Veterans at first, because I'm a vet. And I was at the, at the, at the veteran center that I was a liaison for between the Mental Health Association of Orange County with the combat veterans coming home. Uh, I was getting ready to go to Fire Again Fire Academy. They just naturally started to come after I accepted what I heard from my now business partner. Okay, I'm open to that. What does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea how I'm gonna do this work. I don't even know what, to, what it means to be a coach. However, I was a leader in the military. I was a leader in my baseball teams. I could apply those principles to this. The business naturally evolved around that. Now we started to discuss, how do we market this? How do we share it with people? Well, it didn't need to go down that way because people started talking about the life transformations that were happening. The veterans were sharing with their friends. Their friends were like, I wanna meet this guy. So that's why I've been behind the scenes for a long time is because it was all word of mouth referral. I'd be asked to come to parties. Now, I will share with your audience, I did put myself in situations where I would go to veterans events. I would go to different conferences. I would go sit there and introduce myself to people and, and face the discomfort or the uneasiness of doing that because I was a nobody and saying, hey, I'm Wiley. This is just kind of the nature of what I do. Uh, I'm happy to provide any support where I can provide it. So I was offering myself pro bono. I was giving people that clarity that I'm out in the world doing something a little bit different. Here's how it looks. I'm happy to do it for you too, for what you guys got going on. They loved that. We started to build relationships from there. And it eventually got to the point where veterans like, hey, I want to work with you. And they started to pay me a little bit at a time. We would actually do intimate work together. They live with me. I would be with them 24 seven for a little while radically transforming their lives. And that's where the word of mouth started to unfold. It got to the point where I just needed to show up. And I did, I started putting myself in high level events. I would just get in my car and drive to places. And I would sit at the hotel of the events with the biggest leaders in the world. And I would watch them all walk out. And I'd stand up and they'd be like, Hey, what's going on? I see you in a suit. Who are you? And I just say, hey, I'm Wiley. What's going on? And I just start having conversations. I didn't care. I didn't have any idea if that was going to produce results or not. I was just willing to embrace the stuff get out there and go put myself in positions to introduce myself and connect with the types of people I know that need what it is that I offer. And that's how the business marketing really took off from there until the pandemic hit. And then we had to really strap ourselves down and actually figure out how do we put a website together and all this other nonsense that everybody else does. Yeah. And you could, you couldn't show up at a hotel in a suit anymore during the pandemic, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's this crazy guy? Okay, exactly. so Startup Nation, I want to, like, you can see, I'm like, ah, I'm digging in here on Wiley, right? Because I'm not letting him just jump over and do these hurdles because you want the information. You're like, well, what did he do that I'm missing, I'm not doing? And what he did is he put himself out there. He, he put himself into what you would consider uncomfortable situations, like showing up at an event that I'm guessing he didn't pay for a ticket, but he just put himself in the lobby of the hotel where the venue was, and he yep. waited for the speakers or the high-end people to come out, and then he said, hey, how you doing? Right, and, and just no pitching, no marketing, just human connection. 
and let's just see where this conversation evolves. And from there, it started to stack, I'm guessing, right? The success. So, can I share some with you? Yeah, you can. I think you'll, your audience will appreciate this. One of the events I went to when I was, the first, I think, very beginning of my business, I had packed my car, high end. I mean, I'm talking leaders of all industry out at this event in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was living in California. I, I packed my car and drove out there. It's seven hours, whatever it was. When I got to the hotel, I unpacked my clothes. I realized I left my suits and all my nice clothes at home. It was just a random week. And I thought, okay, God, well, this is interesting. All I had was a t-shirt, a graphic t-shirt, a really nice pair of jeans, some Chuck Taylors, a watch, and my, my toiletries. I thought, well, I'm not gonna turn around and go home. I'm already out here. What does a combat vet do? What do I, what do, I do as an infantryman? I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into the, into the voxel anyway. I'm gonna do you it. Adapt. You adapt, you adapt. I threw on the clothes. The t-shirt said, I can't adult today. Okay, that was a, a random <laughs> shirt I used to work out in. And I walked, into, I walked into the venue, into the hotel, and around these people wearing thousands of dollars of threads. And it was interesting, the laughter and the handshakes and the like approach that I got from that quote mistake landed me two new clients that year. And it was, it was I mean, multiple six figure income that year. I mean, it was all because I said, you know what, I'm going to embrace the fact that I made this mistake, I mean, turned this mistake into something that could potentially be good for me. I had no idea if it would, but I walked in with confidence in who I was. I know who I am. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to show up because I'm here. And the people loved it. They thought it was brilliant. They said it was, it was refreshing to see someone kind of going against the flow with everybody dressed in the nines. And that's what I'm talking about is if you can't put yourself in a position where you are highly uncomfortable and just sit with that and, and still trust yourself, there's something you need to look at and work on. And that's the start of my marketing. And now at this point where we took all that information and then we just communicate it and then put it into print. And that's where the marketing then grew and became what it is now. I think we try to put the cart before the horse in marketing. We, tr we try to buy the, build a website. We, we think we have an idea, but we don't really flesh it out with who we wanna work with, what the problems that we're gonna solve. And I think a lot of business owners get stuck there because they don't know how to evolve past what they've thrown out there thinking, well, that guy said X to over here and this guy on Instagram told me I should do it this way. They don't realize that your marketing should just be you being organically you. Just organically you. Talk, remember what you say, and then put it in print format. And you'd be surprised how that actually changes people's approach to you. Powerful. All right. You know what I love about our conversation today, Wiley? What's that, brother? Let me. Uh, this is what I love most. You're stealing our excuses from us. Right? You're stealing our excuses. You're saying, I got in my car and drove, you know, from one state to the other, and I showed up without my intended impressive status suits, and it was actually the perfect marketing positioning that God knew I needed, but I didn't. And you were confident enough to walk in with that kind of t-shirt to be potentially made fun of, rejected, mocked, whatever, like, what did you do? Like, I just want to know. I want to see this picture of you in the hotel lobby, <laughs> right? Did you walk over and just start shaking hands? Hi, I'm Wiley. Excuse my t-shirt. Like, what was your icebreaker? Or did you just stand there, like, like looking like a statue waiting for something you know, to happen? I'm just my, so curious. Clients, yeah, it, you know what's I A lot of the times, I never had to actually approach anyone. So that experience specifically, because of what I was wearing and the way I just presented and carried myself as if I belonged. Tell, so tell us I mean? that, like, describe that. I wanted to- I, wanted... I walked in as if I belonged there. That that was my place to be. I would walk by, grab 
a cup of coffee, say hi to people, even just as we're mingling in the, the, the private sector of that hotel lobby where they, they bought it all out. And I was just walked through it. People were just looking at me with the t-shirt and they're like, who is this guy? You can see their faces. And I'd walk up and say hi to people. I'd stand by a conversation. It was just a matter of presence. And people naturally want to know what's going on there. Now, I also have and carry this essence that causes people to feel things. So they end up yeah. coming and going, hey, who are you, man? Like, I, I haven't seen you before. What is this? I love this T-shirt. Or even when I go to other conferences or meetings or masterminds wearing maybe a sport coat, it's the same reaction. It's just the presence. Now, carrying yourself with confidence, even if in your head you might be going, I made a big mistake being here or I'm nervous about what's going to happen. That's what really went down as I walked through like I owned it, like I belonged there. I showcased myself as this guy could be a billionaire walking through with a T-shirt and jeans and, and shoes. Like, who am I to judge that? Why don't I go find out who he is? Oh, wow. What kind of work do you do? Well, it's a little different. I'm kind of like a demon slayer. You know what I mean? I kind of get into the trenches and fight people's demons and, and optimize their lives personally and professionally. Let's, hey, I want to, you're going to go to dinner tonight? We're going to have a dinner at sushi joint. You want to join us? And they just take me in as if I was already supposed to be there. That's really what happened that day. And then I went to a private dinner at sushi and we started talking. They want to know more about me. They said the same thing to you. They go, you know what? I like the way I feel with you. This is interesting. Here's my number. Let's, let's talk again. I want to know what you can do for me. Something, something is coming up for me. I can just feel it. My business now has never come from intellectualizing. People don't go, I'm going to pay you half a million dollars to work with you because you're going to show me X, Y, and Z and what I'm going to get and how it's going to go down. They go, I don't know what it is I'm going to get with you. All I know is I need it because I can feel it. Something about you is different and I want to know what you can do for me. And that is how my business has always come to me. It's because of that presence. And it goes back to the start of our conversation. Last thought is because I was willing to battle my demons. I was willing to look at the truth and embrace it regardless of how painful it was because I understand that that is what we need to do if we want to experience the union of our business, personal and professional performance. All right, so we got two P's we're dealing with right now. First is peace, right? You got to measure your peace and then your presence, right? Your presence, have that powerful presence wherever you turn up. People, you got to change Startup Nation the way people feel around you, mm. right? You can yes. do that. Like you are powerful enough to do that because you're doing it at home. That's why some of your home life isn't working because you are literally changing the way people feel, maybe in the negative aspect, right? And you could turn that around. Once you handle your own internal demons per se, you could change that negative impact or feelings you're putting into other people into these really positive feelings where they're like, I don't know what it is about you, Wiley, or about you, Joseph, or about you, Jane. I just know when I'm around you, I'm inspired. Like, I feel like I can do anything. And then when you're not around, I'm getting my ass kicked. <laughs> like, what is that? What's going on in you that's bringing that out in me? Like, see, that's 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 something, right? And that's it. that's like one of the biggest marketing hooks you could ever produce for your own personal brand is how you show up and how you make people feel. Yeah. So what's a, there's a third P here. I know there's a third P. What do you got, Wiley? <laughs> we got our peace, our internal peace. We're going to handle that. And then our presence. We're going to improve our presence, how we make people feel around us. What's, what's the next one here, man? Hmm, that's interesting. What's the next P? Um, 
Persistence. Nope. <laughs> I'm like, no it's, pressure. Uh, pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Persi- uh, it's persistence. And that's why I said earlier, a winner is just a loser who never stopped working the problem. So it's 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 interesting is the persistence of it. I, I, it reminded me when you said that about a client I worked with, this public figure who was always on stages. And it's amazing how he, he sold people on you know, strategy and tactic on what they're going to get on like this superficial aspect of coaching and, and marketing. But when we got together through a, a mutual friend after 30 years of being burned out and fried, he was at his point where he's like, look, I've done all this success, but my life stinks, okay? I need to get it fixed. It's amazing how everything changed. People were investing in him after we worked together because of how they felt with him. They didn't care. Uh, they're like, cool, I'm gonna get some really amazing marketing. I'm gonna get some really cool tactics to help my business grow. However, I wanna be next to you and work with you because you feel different, so-and-so. And they would even share that at some private dinners and be like, okay, clearly whatever you're doing with him, keep doing it because I like this new version of him. So he made more money as a result of how his presence made people experience him in those conferences, like those 500, 800 person seminars that he would run or whatever. And they wanted that, they would pay him because of that. All the other stuff was the byproduct. It was the ancillary aspect of what he would provide them. They're like, that's the kind of guy I wanna become. That's the kind of person I wanna be around. And I think we get caught up in our marketing, trying to hype up people to wanna buy us rather than just being really truly our authentic raw selves and, and not being afraid to, to I do it right now. I'm going through similar things where it's like people are truly, I, I, they've told me I'm afraid of what you offer because you're going to make me look at things I don't want to look at. And it's, it sometimes sucks it's because it's like, you know what? I'm here because I, I, I'm, I live with you. I travel with you. I'm by your side 24 seven. I'm going to do things for you that no other coach has been able to do for you. Yet you're afraid of that because you don't want to look at the ugly truths that you have kept down so long. That sometimes hurts because it's like, you know what? I'm a loving, caring guy and there's so much we could do together but I have that wall up and these are successful people that have these walls up. And I'm telling these younger entrepreneurs the people that are starting up, don't put walls up. If you have a resource show up and you don't like the way they talk, you don't like the way they make you feel. However, you know that that person's there in the timing they are for a reason. Why don't you lean into that a little bit, embrace it, find out what they're there to offer you because you might be surprised that that's the very thing you're looking for. Not some hyped up glorified shiny thing that sounds good on Instagram. That is just another repackaged cookie cutter program that everybody talks about selling, taking you through the simple steps of compartmentalization, hoping to maybe X your business. It's really about personality. There's the other P. So it's about the personality. It's all about the persistence. And it's all about the commitment to that relentless desire to experience real raw transformation in you first, because that's going to change your world outside of you. All right, Wiley. How did, (laughs) have you come up with a way to get past those invisible barriers or walls in your potential clients, even the ones that have known you for years, and they still don't want to go into their own darkness, even though they know they can win way bigger in their life, but they don't want to face it. Have you found a way to persist with them and then effectively knock over that wall with them and then they come in and they join? So when I meet someone who might be a potential client, through a third party referral, because that's usually how it always ends up happening, or I show up at a place and then we have those conversations. I spend time with that person, what I like to call calibrating them. I spend time with them intimately. We break bread, we talk on the phone, we text. I might travel with them if I need to, depending on who they are, where they're at in their life. Sometimes it can be a few weeks. 
my longest time was eight months before the guy became a client I spent with this guy. Okay, so I am a very different breed here. I'm not saying people have to do it the same way I do it, but my work as a mission is committed to that individual and it's kind of like a surgeon. When I open them up, I'm not gonna leave them on the operating table bleeding. Even if they don't become a client, I'm still gonna see something through until we officially have to break apart and go away. So not everybody that I spend that time with becomes a client and that is at the expense of my time, energy, and resources sometimes. However, can I ask what percentage? What percentage is ballpark? Because uh, that's a big investment on your end, right? One on one with it these is. guys. Uh, it's is it half and um, half? Fifty percent of the guys flake, or twenty percent is eighty twenty rule? Well, it's less. I had like I like one year I had one person out of three clients I ended up working with that year. So it's it's without she wasn't ready for it and that's okay. She just couldn't get past what I, I was telling her that was going to have to happen for us to really reset her life she just mm -hmm. couldn't let that go after five months and that's fine i said then we're not we're not we're not gonna fit to work yeah there are other people that will engage that way what they do is they realize i they feel they go you know i just know that something's here and i keep them engaged in it and then we get to the point where i go look it's time i feel it's ready we're ready you know me for this long we've talked about this x we know i know what your goals are i know what you want to do however there's got to be a jump here and they go you know what fine i have no idea what i'm doing but i'm going to write the check we're going to jump and we, then we start the work officially the work together and when they're in because of the high level investment they make because of who they are and their personalities and where where i'm committing my life to that individual because i only work with two to three a year they, they're not going anywhere even if they're going through the hardest stuff i'm putting them through doesn't matter they stay engaged because of all those elements hold them accountable to that relationship with me that is why they stay is because they feel this relationship, the love, the care they've never gotten. If you present yourself in your coaching clients that way, where you really do care about your clients and they can sense that, they will stay engaged with you. Now, what ends up happening is when I'm done with my clients, we break up and I never see them again. It's over with. There's no follow me, hang that out with me. That is so I'm, interesting. You know, I'm done. So why is I that? Why do you way. think that is? Why is the friendship because that's what real that's what real healing looks like. That's what real transformation looks like. If you like your coach and you want to be, and you're with your coach for 10 years, I would reevaluate what's really not changing in your dynamic with your coach. And I think you end up becoming a friend you're paying rather than actually somebody who's trying to change your life. And I would reevaluate who you're hiring, what you're bringing in. And I'm being just candid with that. If your coach pisses you off and you ha and transforms you and you break away from them, that's where real healing can happen and real change can, it can manifest and actually settle itself. I think we have too many people caught up in the world of coaching that are hooked to their coach. And they're like, I like my coach. You shouldn't like your coach. You should not like anything they do for you. You should actually appreciate the results they get you, yeah. period. That's what you're paying for, absolutely. Have you, yep. I'm, I'm very curious here. Have you had it after you work with a client, high level, right? Because that's what we're talking about here, Startup Nation. This is not small investments. This is totally different kind of work, right? And a much yeah. higher investment. So two different games here. So. Have you had clients where after you completed the work, um, say you work with them for a year or whatever, you get the results, they break away, boom, eight months go by, whatever, a year goes by, and then somehow you, you cross paths, you check in, you're like, hey, how you doing? And they backslid. They went back to old behaviors, their life went to shit. Maybe they say comments like, I should have never stopped the coaching with you. I put on 80 pounds, I lost my wife, <laughs> I lit, right? Like, I didn't do the tools that worked for me. Have you ever had no. that experience? I'm just so curious. Nope. And here's, I have had contact with other clients in the past who maybe shoot me a text saying, hey, look, 
I keep thinking about you. I appreciate you. This is my life's fantastic. Thank you. I had, had one client, the gentleman I said I spent eight months with that public figure who reached out to me four years later and said, Hey, I was thinking about you. I'd love to take you to dinner if you're ever in town. And I ended up going to dinner with him, having a conversation. And he said, I got to tell you, you're in my head for the rest of my life. You're always there when I make decisions. You're always there. The, the pain that I had to go through and the, the, the feelings of fear and doubt, all the stuff you put me through, every, every aspect of challenge that I experienced with you has set, sat with me for forever, the last four years. And every decision I make, he's making extreme amounts of money. His relationship with his wife is, is, is the best it's ever been. His kid got into a, you know, a, a high level college and he was struggling when we were working together. I mean, people in his circles are like, man, you're a different guy. Nobody falls back because I am relentlessly in the trenches with those individuals and I am going after every element of their life. I have a network of 40 plus specialists across the field of human performance from doctors to trainers, et cetera, that work in tandem with me. So I'm surrounding this individual. I work with their wives, their children, their business partners, every dynamic that I see that's messing with them. I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to make it better. So that's why when we're done, the break is where the real healing happens. And when that happens, there's no backsliding. They've reached past a threshold, a new, a new set point. There's no more experiencing like, okay, I need to go find now another coach because I have more problems to work on. They figured out their cap out, who they really are. Now, if they hire other coaches, that's only to accentuate all that stuff they discovered, but they're not going to backslide. There might be some like things they like to do. You know, I had a, club, a celebrity client who likes to party a little bit. They might still do that. They might, I got them away from it for a little while, whatever. But those are those things that I can't break them free from, but mm -hmm. I am going to separate the de demonic aspects of their lives from them so they can experience who they really are. That's why I tell people like even your audience is I affect those leaders that have the effect on the masses so that they, as they influence millions of people, or they're going to coach other six and seven figure coaches, the, your people get the best out of them because of who they've become. That's exactly That's, I'm just that yeah. surgical tool behind the scenes doing that for these people. All right, so why are you coming out of the proverbial closet, so to speak, right, with your coaching? <laughs> Sorry for that language, but you know what I mean. It's all right. Right? All You're right. married, you got the family and all that. But, like, why, why are you coming out now out of the shadows, like you said? You see the world suffering, and you said, all right, I can't hold back anymore. I can't play behind the scenes anymore. What's going on, dude? Well, I mean, the pandemic hit. Uh, and I, it really showcased, I would say, quite a bit of dysfunction with people. Uh, that really, it was like a, a true test of human will and people's, <laughs> uh, where their limitations really are, their addictions or dysfunctions. Uh, now, of course, I couldn't go do what I normally do for business. However, the reality is why well, I got into the podcasting circuit, having conversations with people like you, um, is because... People are not aware, truly, I think some are, but not truly aware of the spiritual war that's actually coming, right? that is happening right now. There's so much more darkness that is, is present now in our society than has ever been in our time, at least in my time. It is really bad. Look at, look at the chaos in our, in our society, schooling, uh, the battles that we have in polit politicians. We have a, this hyper-political landscape financial aspects of, of life are, are kind of crumbling right now. People are uncertain about the dollar and the future of an, another combat war coming again. I mean, there's so much uncertainty and so much chaos erupting right now. Leaders, I'm here to battle proof these leaders so that people that are following them, that are hooked to them, can mm -hmm. find some pillar of strength to make it through the storm that we're inevitably going to face. And that's, so that's why it's 
the fires of hell truly are here and it's time to really battle proof people not just leaders everyone needs to battle proof their lives everybody needs to find a way in which they can prepare themselves personally to manage and handle the chaos and the storms that will will come so that they can end up on the other side being able to br brush the dust off and still stand and not not have it take them down but if you don't deal with your own at home you're never going to make it through and you're going to crash your burn and it's going to be a very serious problem for people so that's why i'm out in the world doing this now publicly is because i'm tired of watching celebrities and public figures like spill their dysfunction out into the masses it's like it's yeah. got to stop and if i can hit one person at a time then i'm doing my job i'm doing my god-given mission i'm doing what it is i'm here to do there will be transformation and ripple effects i will never see and that's fine but that's why i'm coming out and doing what i'm doing brother so cool dude wiley have you ever met someone else who's doing the type of work you're doing right now I, how do I, how do I share this just with the humility of, I've never met someone who goes to the depths that I go. I've met, you know, I, I know the Jocko Willinks and the David Goggins and all those guys. I, I've met the guys that do really hard stuff for people. It's not, not taken away from what they provide people. Now I worked with an NFL coach once who did stuff with David Goggins. He's like, yeah, okay. He, he, yeah, I did stuff 30 days with this guy. He made me a better, you know, uh, uh, routine for my, my strength and conditioning, my own PT, you know, my, my mindset shifted a little bit, but there were things that he did, he couldn't do. There were things he wasn't mm -hmm. built to do. There are a lot of people that are not built to get into the battles with people's yeah. deepest, darkest secrets and demons. They just don't want to do that. So I think it's just, that's how God built me. I have, I have my own unique uh, uh, way of operating. Um, but I've never met anybody that. I live with them, I travel with them, I'm by their side 24 seven for upwards of a year. They have access to me, my life becomes their life. I, I They are primary number one, period. How, how so do you do that God, with, obviously. how do you do that with your own family, dude? Right, and prioritizing your own family. Yeah, it works, man. I mean, my, my wife understands completely because she's she supports also the back end of things I'm doing. She's got her own specialty as well. Um, I'm, I'm not gone all the time. So it's not like when I say 24 seven, I'm just gone 24 seven, it just means my phone is available. When they need me three o'clock in the morning and they call, I answer. It's there. It's just, they know they've got someone who's in, in it with them when things are happening. As life is happening to them, they don't have to wait for a Thursday, 12 o'clock call with their coach. They, they've got access to me. So that's what I mean by that. And mm. it's just a balance that I have where I'm kind of like that confidant in their pocket, you know? Hey man, I need you to fly to New York right now. Got it, I'm on a plane, let's go and I'll do it. So I'm on a plane, hey honey, I'll be back. No problem, a couple days go to New York. I stay in touch with my wife, come home. I'm back to my life. I get to hike in the mornings. I'm up every day at four o'clock going to the gym. So it's just about finding that balance. But that, that took time to build over the yeah. years. That didn't just happen 20, you know, right when I, I started, I had to learn how to figure out how to put these places where I, if I'm at a set point of peace, my relationships are at a set point of peace. I can do what I need yeah. to do to support others. If not, I'm going to have a problem. Now you only yeah. work with two to three high level clients per year. Is that your capacity or is that your uh, decision? And do you have overflow, a waiting list that you feel really bad about? Like, man, I, I want to take on no. these guys. I keep no. saying no to them. Like, no. where is that? I, that's a, that would be a good problem to have. I, the nature of just what these people feel when they're around me, they're scared. That's just mm -hmm. honest. There is so much fear that comes up. They will, I don't have a waiting list. 
it really is very unique that I'm when I'm introduced to someone yeah. in the right timing. I understand how God works. It's going to be the, when when it's time, it's going to happen. Yeah. So for me, the two, maybe three a year is capacity. There's no way I'm going to handle the lives of five or six or ten people in one year when I'm. If you've just heard how I basically yeah. do my work, it's like how I can't handle that. There's no way. Um, self-care is number one, you know, right? My faith is number one, self-care is number two, family's number three. I've got all of that combined together is my top three things in my life. They, they matter. And, and that to me is I'm not willing to sacrifice that for the sake of making money. There's just no, yeah. I, I'm willing to forego making money for the sake of balance and, and peace in my life. All right, Startup Nation, we're having quite a different, unique conversation with my guest today, Wiley McGraw. And he is a high-level coach that uh, battles the demons, right, in people's lives with them. But it takes the right client to be willing to go there, to, to go in and build a new foundation under their life when they currently have a foundation with cracks in it, right? That's scary. It's uncertain. But once they get the new foundation, they can build a skyscraper, rather than just an apartment building, so to speak, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's the work he's doing. So he, he described his, we're just gonna do a quick summary for some of you, get your pen and paper, right? So how does he market himself effectively for these high ticket clients? Well, the way he's done it is he measures his peace, right? His personal peace in his life. <laughs> and he makes sure that his personal life is congruent with his professional life, right? And he's not out of whack in both or one of those so measure your piece step two focus on your presence or your personality meaning specifically how are you making people feel when you walk in the room how do you make them feel are you so contagious in a positive way that they can't find your type of presence anywhere else in the world that's a winning formula for your marketing and then step number three persistence with your potential clients like i mean what i'm hearing wiley is that like you 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 friend these people for weeks for months sometimes before some of them actually work with you so you're persisting relationship and going deeper with them yeah right and it takes time so you're you're putting yourself at risk that this could work yep. out as a potential client or never work out as a potential client. So he's yep. persisting his, he's persisting, uh, yes, you're, <laughs> you're persistent in pursuing uh, your potential clients. Step three, there you go. So great, three great steps uh, we've never had before on this show. And I hope, I think I excavated those pretty good. Right, pull yeah. that out of there, right, in a different way. Uh, so, Wiley, we're about to. Uh, anything else you want to add to this conversation before we get into our wrap up? Favorite part of the show here? Uh, you know, that it really comes down to going back to the clients thing. It, I pursue the mission that I'm on. The clients and I end up connecting, relating. So, when I have these conversations, there are times when I go, you know what? They want to write a check. I want to work with you. It's like, but it's not the right time. And I will push them off or use P words again. We need to spend time to get to know each other because I want to build the dynamic together because what it does is allows me to see where they're really at. It exposes to me truly like some blind spots that may, may not be visible in the moment 
Uh, it allows me to evaluate whether or not they can surrender, they can lean in and truly let go and trust that I've got them. All of those elements matter. I think we rush into business relationships sometimes because that check looks good. And sometimes you take on problems of other people for the sake of that bottom line on our P&L. And if you're not, if you, you do your business for the sake of making money first and not for an actual mission or purpose, you will hit limitations. You will struggle. There will be more hard times than there are good. I, I found that if you can switch it, and I had a, a conversation with a gentleman about this, is, is there a difference between running a business and having a mission? He said, yes. Missions drive people further in business than just operating a business to make money. And if you can change your approach, if you really care about what you're doing, if you put emphasis on my mission to what I built this coaching business or this business around as an entrepreneur matters so much to me, I'm willing to forego money here to make sure I'm working with the right people over here and that my marketing lands with only the people that I can have a really good surrendered dynamic with, you will actually make more money in the long run. It may seem like in the interim, oh gosh, I, that extra hundred grand sounds really good right now. However, I've let go of hundreds of thousands because I got to work with a celebrity who paid me a million dollars, okay? So it's, you have to realize it's not about chasing finances, it's about optimizing the mission and the finances naturally become a byproduct of your ability to perform in, the, in that relationship. So the last piece I would say is really is evaluate your life right now and go, okay, why did I start my business as a, a business owner? I'm doing okay, I'm making six figures, but where do I really wanna go? Do I need to make seven? Do I need to make eight? Am I chasing the idea that everybody has flooded me with that success means turning my, my yearly income into my monthly income? or exiting my business nonstop at a scale as, as how we, we grow and showcase our ability to do more? Or am I gonna be sustainably happy and at peace by making 500 grand a year or 100 grand a year or a million dollars a year? Finding the truth about why you're doing what you're doing will change the way in which your mission orients your ability to make more money and actually experience that next level of growth in your business. All right, Startup Nation, like you can't argue with what he just said. Like that's real, you know it's real, you know it's true. Now, some of you are in a position where you're going to push back right now and put up your little yeah. wall because you're going to say, well, I, I'm in a financial situation right now where I need some money, sure. some like really fast. So like I can't wait and pursue my ideal and push away all the non-ideals because I need some of those non-ideals to pay my bills. There's another P word, pay your bills, right? Yeah. So like yeah. what would you say to that person right now? Do you say, no, risk it all? Right? Even if you got bills due in 30 days that, and you don't have the money, like keep pursuing that right fit client and pushing away the wrong fit and watch what's going to happen. God's going to provide. Yeah, it's going to yeah. come. What are you yeah. going to say to yeah. this person? That, what are you going to say, like, era. settle right now? That's brilliant. That is very brilliant. It's because it's, it's the learn to yield to the fear of that unknown. If you can learn oh, to so just, scary for people. It is. However, that delayed gratification produces more fruit. It's crazy how scary it is. Cause I even to this day, I'm like, you know what, God, Hey, whatever you got for me right now, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to trust and surrender. And I'm just going to keep knocking on doors. I'm going to keep acting. I'm going to act. I'm going to execute on very specific things that I know are necessary to make myself get to a point where I can pay my bills. If I, if I'm just talking about like one of your audience members right now, or our clients is, I have bills due in 30 days. Okay, so what do I need to do to ensure that I at least make the bare minimum to pay that? Let me prioritize 
my actions, my decisions and the to-dos that I have, rather than just getting everything done because it's on the list, let me find what matters. Should I go to that conference? Let me see what the reason is to go to that conference. Who's gonna be there? What kind of people are, oh, you know what? My ideal clients are gonna be there. Maybe I do make that few hundred dollar flight investment and I go, and then I go have the conversations with that people. And then I come back. So it's about streamlining and really getting to the place where you can trust that everything will in fact work out. I think we get caught up in the fear and we go, I don't care. I have to pay my bills. Now, I'm not advocating for making your family suffer extensively because you're just, okay, whatever. I've got money coming at me and I'm just gonna keep letting it go, letting it go. Discernment is the most important muscle to build. Discern, is that client or that money right now necessary? If it is, take it. If if it's not and you- Even if it's the wrong money, client? Not, if it's not the right client, I'm saying discern. Okay. If it's the right person, you're gonna know. Okay, you may not in, in your head go, do is that the right person? Take a moment, discern it, sit yeah. with it. Okay. Yeah. Focus for a moment on why that person is there showing up. And if you go, you know what, let me have a conversation with said potential client. Hey, you know what? I've noticed X, maybe you're not a right fit for this. And that person still persists and shows up again. There might be, a, that might be a good client. You may need to help yeah. somebody break through being a bad client to become a good client. But if you just rush to take the money, you're never going to know. And you're going to be, sometimes you get caught up with, well, that wasn't worth it. You know, that drained me more than it helped me. Exactly. So I'm back to where I started, you know? All right. We're speaking with Wiley McGraw. Great conversation here today. Wiley, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire <laughs> questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business, dude? Uh, the ability to set my own schedule. Yeah, for sure. What's your least favorite thing? <laughs> deal with people's fear <laughs> dude i tell you man you're like if you could only see what's on the other side if you just take the step ah but they yep. can't yep i believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life it's just part of the human condition what are you currently challenged with right now either professionally or personally it's the fear of of the leaders that i'm connected with that don't want to step towards the things they know they need that's yeah. what i'm struggling with Okay, got it. So like helping them through that their own fear? Is that what it is? Yeah, it just it, people realize and I'm, I'm, I'm not a threat. And I show up and they feel things they don't like. I'm, I'm actually something you should lean into. That's what I'm struggling with right now. I feel you, brother. I feel you. Uh, what are you most <laughs> afraid of? What am I most afraid of? Yeah. Leaving this world not affecting the people that I'm here to affect. Amen to that. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Uh, stressing out about how I make money. <laughs> we spoke about that. What secret yep. fear do you have about people? Secret fear? About that people. They, un yeah, that they're unaware their demons are controlling their actions and decisions. Mm, so true. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Oh my God. <laughs> I should have been charging more when I first started for the transformations I was giving people. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Come on, 2024, uh, the, what do you got? I'm reading more books this year. Very cool. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Don't tell me you don't have any. Uh, I can't even... <laughs> he is going to tell me. Bad habit. I, don't, I mean, I don't have addictions, etc. I'm trying to figure out where... Good where a bad habit would be, but to fire off this to you, uh, not getting up at 4 a.m. when my alarm goes off and sleep until 4.30. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, you slacker? Yeah. Pick three no, words to describe who you uh, were your first year in business. Nervous, uncomfortable, 
uncertain. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Confident, committed, relentless. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, your wife and kids, give them only one piece of advice about true success in life, what would you say to them? You have to face and you have to win the war within if you want to have success and peace in your life. So effing true, dude. All right, give Startup Nation a homework assignment for this week. What is one action they must take to move themselves forward? Yep, they need to, I would say, they need to go have or do the one thing they've been avoiding the most. Have that hard conversation, confront that one person, do that thing in business you don't want to do, ask that question you've been afraid to ask. I would say you, that one, it doesn't matter, ballroom dance in front of people, jump out of an airplane, do one thing you have been avoiding the absolute most right now and embrace the discomfort that comes when you do it because it will change you on the inside. Amen to that. Startup Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, then go to Apple Podcasts, write an honest review for Wiley. He showed up powerfully today, I believe, for you, for me. He contributed to your life. Law of Reciprocity says go do something back, right? So write a nice, honest review for him. I'm sure he's going to go and read it. And uh, Wiley, how do we find out more about you, man? What if there is one of my guys, one of my clients, that's that high-level next client for you? What does he do? What's his next his next step, dude, to get into your but, world? I mean, yeah, great. WileyMcGraw.com has all the philosophies, insights that I have put together over the years from working with clients, understanding the human condition, really what's going on with people and what's affecting them. Uh, my contact information is there, my email, phone number, et cetera. If people feel the drive to reach out, they will. I'm happy to answer. I'm not, I'm not too good to have a conversation with anyone. So at the end of the day, it's, it's all right there. I'm on uh, X now, I think it's called. It's not Twitter anymore, at Wiley McGraw, connecting, having some cool conversations, sharing some insights, et cetera. And uh, those are the places. I have a podcast I'm kicking back on, uh, on online this year, Wise Words and Whiskey with Wiley McGraw as well. Got some cool guests in the lineup. Um, yeah, low-key conversations on high-performance living. All right, Wiley McGraw, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Likewise, brother. Thank you for having me. Cheers.